Welcome, everyone, to the Sweat the Small Stuff podcast. This is your host, Ethan, with uh, my co-host, TJ. And how are you doing, TJ? So, so good. Excellent. Yeah, we're coming into you guys. I've uh... been doing better than I am at this moment right now. <laughs> Hyperbole aside, we are officially in the real spring weather here in the Portland area. Uh, it's going to just keep getting hot and sunny. Hopefully the gross rainy days are behind us and hopefully the fiery season is not in front of us and we can just enjoy awesome sunshine and good vibes. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. Yep, we are. Uh, we're coming at you guys on a, uh, a nice Tuesday. Nope. It's Thursday evening, April 15th. Wow. It's been a long yeah, It's been day. quite a week, hasn't it, buddy? <laughs> it's been a terrible week. I'm glad it's closer to the end than the beginning. I can I can tell you that. Uh, it is Thursday evening, and uh, yeah, we're having some delightful weather. We are we're keeping it tight, keeping it sexy over here in Portland. And uh, we're coming at you with some sports news. Um, it's about to be a hot dude summer. White boy summer. Hot dude Whoa, summer. Whoa, cut that. Oh, you heard that. You've seen that video, though, right? With uh, uh, all gas, no brakes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah with uh, yeah, Chet Hanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that was a reference. I mean, I, I can cut that, but uh, you know, Wild Boy Summer. <laughs> Wait, no, I haven't seen the the Chet Hanks video. Chet Hanks, son of Tom Hanks, uh, who's like I think a rapper as well. I've never heard any of his songs, but I'm pretty sure he like calls himself a, a rapper. He uh made a statement that let's see chet hanks uh, this is from some article son of tom aspiring rapper actor and occasional host of a viral internet moment uh he declared in an instagram video that this summer would be quote white boy summer and then he released a song and video uh an anthem that among other things rhymes tatiana with cabana rihanna and svetlana Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and we I guess he also did it. Uh, Shakespeare on our hands. Yeah, I guess he also uh, wrapped it with a Jamaican accent when he is uh, just as white as you would think Tom Hanks' son is. All right, I take it back. Don't cut it. As long <laughs> as we can play about 20 seconds of this Chet Hanks White Boy Summer song that I just found on YouTube. Uh, notably, Hanks is spelled H-A-N-X. And uh, I'm going to skip to about 20 seconds in because I'm guessing yeah. that's about when the chorus is going to hit. Keep it under 15 seconds. Uh, if we ever make money off of this podcast, they can't sue us if it's under 15. That is about as exactly what I expected out of that. And uh, you know summer. what? I'm fine with this. All right. Good, good, good. Uh, so anyway, you know, uh, as we're leading into our white boy summer, let's talk about our uh, our just regular boy sports season. Um, wow. I know. that's t- I, I had no, no good way to transition out of that. Um, just our regular sports season. We can just stop saying the word boy. Like you don't need qualifier boy to just keep going into stuff like regular boy. White boy. This this is my boy. You know, carries Uh, my scents and my oils. (laughs) Daddy and the boy. Getting weirder. Uh, We'll cut a lot of this. I'm into Uh, it. I'm into it. If you're not watching always sunny, I don't know. 
Um, all right. So in the sports world, uh, as I don't know. We're just going into this. In the sports world, uh, we have NBA <laughs> retirement news. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, San Antonio Spurs uh, center, has announced a surprise retirement. Uh, apparently, he recently discovered an irregular heartbeat. His doctors did. He'd missed the last couple of games from the Spurs season uh, with an undisclosed medical ailment that he has revealed in an Instagram statement announcing that he is retiring from the sport. Uh, he had a 15-year career. Uh, he drafted in 2006 by the Chicago Bulls, who I'm a fan of, uh, but they immediately traded him, much to my dismay, to the Trailblazers, where he played until 2014, 15. Um, and then right before Damian Lillard went off uh, for his superstar career, LaMarcus uh, kind of forced his way out and got a trade secured to San Antonio where he had an all right career as well. I mean, LaMarcus, no slouch. He never got a championship, but he is like a seven-time NBA All-Star. And uh, wish him all the best. You know, it makes sense if you have an irregular heartbeat. That's nothing that you want to be taking out onto the basketball court. So, best of luck All right, trivia corner. What do you think LaMarcus Aldridge's net worth is? Go. (sighs) I'm going to go with $45 Wow. That is very close. Uh, really? So according to CelebrityNetWorth.com, which yeah, you is know these the are most accurate. reliable website for celebrity net worth, uh, at least according to my 14 seconds of research, LaMarcus Aldridge is worth $40 million. So yeah, not bad. A lot better than uh, when you quizzed me on, what was it, DMX's net worth, uh, RIP. Yeah. <laughs> it's like negative a million. Ah, man. I heard he's uh, he's got an, a posthumous album in the works, so hopefully his estate can get something to to help out all of his uh, estranged kids, because uh, I know that's that's what sucked up all that all that money. But hey, we gave him some money, like $50 or so for those tickets a few years ago. Yeah, happy we got to see, see a legend before mm-hmm. uh, for his untimely passing. Yep. Um, and otherwise, otherwise in the in the sports news though, um, and a gridiron legend, uh, da- uh, got to get off the Damian Lillard train there. Julian Edelman, uh, wide receiver for the New England Patriots, he is announced star he- wide receiver for the New England Patriots. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's been a lot of talk uh, the last few days. I mean, Julian Edelman has been getting a lot of positive hype since he retired. Uh, a lot of talk about how. I mean, we've talked about him speaking out for the Jewish community as a whole. Whenever there's been anti-Semitism in the news, Edelman's always seemed to have a statement offering to just meet with these athletes and discuss what it means to be Jewish and, you know, the background of his culture and all of that. Seems like an amazing person um, and definitely has a very like scrappy, you know, pulling himself up by his bootstrap story. Had a very intense dad, it sounds like, sports dad, but, you know, he brought himself like um, from a relatively small college, Kent State played quarterback there. Seventh round draft pick by the Patriots, made the team as a punt returner, and then like turned himself into Tom Brady's best target as a wide receiver. And you know he might not be a Hall of Famer. Uh, that's been a big debate this year. But you know something that everyone seems to agree with is that you can't really tell the story of the Patriots' last four Super Bowls without mentioning. I guess three Super Bowl wins, um, but you can't you can't tell the story of the back half of Brady's Super Bowl era without 
Julian Edelman. It's you know? true. Uh, despite his moderate success in the regular season, once the postseason hit, he just became an anomaly and just could not drop the ball. Yeah. Figuratively it, or literally. Insane. Uh, insane career. Uh, seems like a great guy. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I wish him the best as well with uh, whatever he does after football. It seems like he's got a pretty uh, lengthy rehabilitation from his last leg injury ahead of him. Uh, he was a medical, uh, you know, it seems the Patriots just medically didn't clear him this year. And he was like, you know what? Then I'm I'm just going to walk away, which is what we say right now. Uh, you know, with these guys that are the old Patriots boys, um, you know, bringing that word boy back. Uh, but there is also rumblings, you know, maybe he'll find his way to Tampa and try to chase a ring with uh, the, the Buccaneers. But doubtful. Um, I, I don't see that happening this year with his recovery. And I mean, Gronk took a year off. He is 34 back, years old, which yeah. is pretty close to the end of your mileage for um, a wide receiver. Yep, it's in true. And, you know, and most pro athletes. I mean, yeah. But he is a three-time Super Bowl champion and a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, never made it to the Pro Bowl. Uh, never was, like, really at the top. But he was there when it counted for a lot of really, really important games. And yeah. uh, you're right. You can't really tell the story of uh, the Patriots dynasty without bringing up Julian Edelman. A famous... Uh quote of tom brady's is uh, you know someone asked him like hey do you hate you know getting passed over for the pro bowl when you know the you know when you play in the super bowl you're not allowed to play in the pro bowl and uh he just looked at that person and was like you think i play this game for pro bowls it's like no nah, i'm in this game for the ship uh all right so that is our that's our retirement talk just a couple of big athletes walking away from their respective sports um Pretty soon, though, we are going to be welcoming a whole new crop of college athletes into the NFL. The draft is coming up. I think it's scheduled to begin on the 30th. I want to say that that is uh, the start date for this um, Friday, the 30th. Might be the 29th. Thursday, the 29th Ah, at 5 p.m. So close. So close. I don't know the time zone. It just says 5 p.m. So... Whenever it. it is 5 p.m. for you, you can rest assured that the draft has started. It goes on all night. Um, and, I mean, you know that first pick. Everyone knows it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars are still going to take 15 minutes to announce it. Um, but after that, you know, it's going to get spicy. Will Zach Wilson well, go to the Jets? You know they're not taking that 15 minutes to decide whether or not they're drafting Trevor Lawrence. They're taking that 15 minutes to soak in all of the glory and very likely all of the desperate calls to trade up picks that they are just not going to take at all. Exactly. Take the calls, you know? like just enjoy Take the, the calls, moment. hang up, and then laugh. Laugh this as is, hard as you want. This is why you tanked. And this is why you screamed in glee while the, the Jets won an extra game for no reason. Because um, it's be a hot Jaguar summer. <laughs> hot Jag summer. Uh, there we any, go, hot Jag summer. I, uh, why didn't I shorten it? Uh, I don't know, man, but that, that's got to be the title for this episode. I'm no Chet Hanks, but that was Oh, uh, man. Got to get Rihanna and my cabana with Svetlana. I don't know. I, I, I'm, no, I'm no Chet Hanks myself. All the way to Atlanta. There we go. There we go. Um, and 
Yeah, otherwise in the NFL, uh, we got some movie production happening. Uh, Happy Madison, the uh, the movie studio slash production team run by Adam Sandler's crew, they have inked a deal to produce a film um, about Sean Payton, coach of the New Orleans Saints, and his year away from the NFL uh, in the mid-2000s, mid-late 2000s, after Bounty Gate. Uh, if you don't remember Bounty Gate... Basically, the Saints defensive team was like, you know, offering bounties to its players like, hey, if you can break Brett Favre's leg out there, you get like a 20 grand bonus, you know, stuff like that was going on. So he got suspended uh, from being able to coach in the NFL for a year as part of their punishment as a team. He took that year and I guess coached his like kids middle school team uh, in tackle football. And that's what this movie sounds like is going to be centering around. Uh, Big news, though, is that. Kevin James is going to be the star of it, uh, the King of Queens, and uh, Paul Blart, the mall cop. He will be uh, playing Sean Payton, who seems just to be in way better shape than I've ever seen Kevin Smith. Uh, but I'm not that certain that uh, Happy Madison really cares about their actors really pulling off their subject matter. <laughs> so I don't know if Kevin James is going on any diet for this. I mean, what wasn't Kevin James in that boxing movie called like Kaboom or something weird? I didn't watch it, but like, so. sounds familiar. I don't know. I mean, Sean Payton's not like the picture of health. <laughs> I guess so. This is Sean Payton like ten years ago, though, right? Oh, I'm I gotta Google him. like Sean, Sean Payton's all right. He's an all right looking guy. Uh, you know, pretty fit. Enough for like a guy that's probably like uh, he's fifty-seven. He looks pretty good for a fifty-seven-year-old. How old is Kevin James? Kevin, Kevin James. James is fifty-five. Okay, so age-wise, I guess you know they're about the same. James is gonna have to play younger by a few years. Um, the real question is, who is Adam Sandler gonna play in this movie? I don't know. I don't. I would love for him to play Drew Brees. Probably not likely because I don't think this is centering around really the New Orleans Saints. Um, he's going to be there. You know, he might be like another kid's dad or something like that. I'm sure. I think I, I've heard Rob Schneider is attached. You know, I think like most of the grown ups crew is probably going to be whole, That whole crew. Uh, who David Spade's probably going to show up at some point. I'm sure. Probably can't pull off Chris Rock. You know, I don't think it's in the budget. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, anyway. Whatever, whatever happens, I'll watch. I always enjoy a good sports movie. Um, with the draft coming up, you know, I've, I've got to watch, uh, make my annual viewing of the NFL draft movie that they came out with a few years ago with Kevin Costner. Um, <laughs> and uh, what was that movie called? I, I'm draft blanking. Day. Draft Day. Yeah. Got to watch. Yeah, draft. that movie they made about the day that they do the draft. I can't. Quite I knew it was something obvious. The title. It I watch it. My mind. I watch it every year. I got this all I this pressure watch around it me. Every year, the day of uh, draft movie. What? Uh, what is the title? Is it? Is it movie draft? I, I can't. I can't figure it out. Um, but anyway, that's our football news. Uh, in boxing and the yeah UFC, really, uh, we have a big fight coming up this weekend between Jake Paul, the mm. YouTuber turned boxer, one of the famous Paul brothers. Um, he is fighting Ben Askren. Uh, ben Askren is a former UFC fighter. He's been retired for a couple of years from the UFC, um, but he was, a, I think, a former champion in 
MMA and a couple different organizations. And uh, he was also a former Olympic wrestler, played in the Pan American Games. And I think he competed at a very high level in college as well, wrestling for the University of Missouri. He is uh, going up against Jake Paul in an exhibition match that's going to be on Triller, our favorite pay-per-view platform this weekend. And um, yeah, uh, you know, um, we'll, we'll see who wins. I'm guessing my money is on Askren. Uh, I understand that the odds are actually in favor of Paul, you said, TJ? Yeah, a a website that I looked at uh, favored Jake Paul to be the winner of this fight. Um, and I could see perhaps why that would be, uh, mostly because Ben Askren has never really been known as a striker. He's, never, he's not a boxer. Yeah. That's not his style of fighting. So his, uh, his tool bag is being limited uh, when he's fighting against the tool bag that is Jake Paul. <laughs> Ayo. Nice. Um, so I could see why perhaps this would happen. Um, I hate to just keep rehashing the same things I've said uh, previously. I'm not a really big fan of the exhibitions like this. Um, I guess I'm kind of okay with like non-fighters fighting non-fighters, but old guys. I don't, I don't guys. see what Ben Askren gets out of this other than a paycheck. Um, Somebody, our friend, made a comparison with these fights, and it's it's that uh, if Ben Askren wins, then nobody really cares because they expected a real fighter to win this fight. But if Ben Askren loses, he's just got everything to lose. So it's it's kind of like a lose lose for him as an actual professional fighter, uh, boxer or not, for this. With that in mind, I will probably still be watching this bout. Yes, I mean, and, uh, uh, my, I, I hope Ben Askren prevails. I don't know if I'll watch it live just because I don't know if I want to pay for it. Um, but I'll find a way to watch this fight and, you know, just going to close my eyes to spoilers before I can. Um, otherwise, fights that I, I did watch live this past weekend uh, with, I believe, you, TJ. I think you were you present. You believe I was there. I, I believe, also believe that. Um, I, believe there. I may have to check the record books to confirm, but I believe we witnessed this fight at the same time. I was so hyped. I was so glued to my TV watching Joe Smith Jr. uh, claim the vacant WBO light heavyweight title over Maxon Vlasov um, that I was just, you know, I I was blinded by, uh, by just the magnitude of the fight while the fighters were blinded. Well, at least Joe Smith Jr. was by blood. uh, He got a cut in his eye, I think in like the second round, that I was worried he'd just get, you know, the fight would get called early for. Um, it didn't. I don't think Top Rank really wanted <laughs> Joe Smith Jr. to lose at any cost possible. Uh, this was a Top Rank fight. Uh, top Rank was, like, hyping him so hard the entire way. There were chants of Joe Smith Jr., clap, clap, clap. And To I was be like, fair, it is important to remember that Joe Smith Jr. is the American. The fight took place in America to an Oklahoma. American audience. So. Yeah. Uh, of course, they're going to be chanting Joe Smith Jr., which has to be the most American generic name that exists. Uh, yeah. Other, It's second only to Joe Smith Sr. So uh, It's a white boy summer name. It's a white boy summer name for sure. However, there were moments in the fight where it really did seem like maybe things were skewed towards Joe Smith Jr. For example, I remember saying this 
uh, after the first three or four rounds that I believed Vlasov was the winner of, all of the highlights were Joe Smith Jr. highlights. They didn't show any of the Vlasov like major combos or big hits. Uh, they were really just focusing on the successes of Joe Smith Jr. in between rounds, the slow-mo replays. And uh, there was a moment where uh, Joe Smith Jr. landed a low blow uh, or it was oh, a yeah, back of the that. head punch. I believe it was a back of the head punch. Honestly, I think uh, there were so, a couple of, there's one of each. Like, well, there was one of each, but blow. one in particular that the ref actually allowed the, uh, I believe it's a five minute clock to run for the fighter to collect themselves. So Vlasov kind of walked to uh, the ropes and, uh, we see that he happened to walk towards the ropes where his coaches were standing and he began to receive coaching, which it turns out is a big no-no in professional boxing. So one of the top rank executives literally ran out towards the ring and started yelling at the referee. It almost felt like a WWF, WWE, like Vince McMahon situation where an executive is running out yelling at a referee that this is malarkey because Vlasov should not be within earshot of his coaching staff, uh, which was kind of strange. Um, something no. I did want to note before we get to the conclusion of this fight is that the significance of the vacancy of the WBO lightweight heavyweight title is because this is a belt that Canelo Alvarez vacated by not taking a mandatory fight uh, due to the fact that he has just been jumping around weight classes and, quite frankly, chasing bigger fish. This is true, and um, yeah, I don't... I don't think Joe Smith Jr. would have been able to withstand Canelo if he had had to take him on in this fight. Um, and what's over, this was such a competitive fight. And, uh, you know, I didn't think it should. I thought it would have been a split decision or maybe even a draw, uh, which it did not end up being. But uh, it was so competitive that I could see Joe Smith Jr. losing this belt easily. And I think this belt is uh, pretty much up for grabs. Uh, but the fight ended up going fully for Smith Jr., um, in well, a, I, I don't think it's fair to say fully. Yeah, it, it I guess split decision. Right. And one, one uh, card was one fourteen, one fourteen. Yeah. Not to be even more pedantic. One of the judges did score it as a draw. A little bit of controversy here. Um, most split decisions, one judge will score it a draw, which with boxing scoring would mean that. Uh, generally, if it's a straight-up head-to-head match, the score would be 114 to 114. Uh, if any listeners remember from, uh, I believe it was two or three ep- uh, episodes ago, I kind of went over boxing scoring where each round is scored on a 10-point basis. The winner of the round can score a maximum of 10. The loser of the round can score a maximum of 9, but that number goes down, say, if a fighter loses a point due to a low blow or an illegal move, or if a fighter is knocked down. This is significant because the other judges scored the fight 115-113 for Joe Smith, which means that judge only saw one round of difference, but otherwise a head-to-head matchup, which to me, the viewer of the fight seemed fair. It really was a toss-up. However, the final judge scored the fight 115-112 in favor of Joe Smith, which means despite not having a legal knockdown and despite Vlasov not actually 
losing points due to foul play, a judge somehow marked one of his rounds as eight instead of nine. Uh, so this is seen as kind of a controversial scoring. Again, it's one of the things you you hate to see and you kind of love to see in boxing is that if you don't knock the guy out, you leave it up to the judges. And honestly, depending on who you are and how you see the fight, uh, somebody else could be winning. Uh, one one last thing. I mean, this isn't relevant to this specific fight, but uh, one thing that always gets brought up when you see Joe Smith Jr. on TV is that uh, he is, as much as his name is an extremely common name, he also likes to consider himself a common man. And when he's not boxing, he works in construction and is a card-carrying member of Laborers Union 66 in Long Island, New York. So you can't hate on him too much. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to find out if he has, like, blood type O. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) straight up just average Joe. But this average Joe rose to the occasion, at least in the eyes of two of the most important people on the planet at the time, the judges of the fight. And he walks away with the previously vacant WBO light heavyweight belt. In, uh, in June, some other belts are going to be up for grabs as uh, Gervonta, a.k.a. Tank Davis, uh, he just scheduled a fight against Mario Barrios. Uh, it's going to take place on June 26, 2021 at 140 pounds. Uh, Tank, who uh, you know, is pretty, pretty famous as far as boxers are considered, uh, he is a, uh, he's basically the protege of uh, Floyd Money Mayweather. And uh, his last fight was at 130 pounds, so he is moving up two weight classes, going up 10 pounds uh, to f- make this fight happen. And he currently holds, I believe, two belts um, that I I can't even keep track sometimes of these these weight classes. But he holds, I guess, the WBA regular lightweight title and the WBA super super lightweight title. Um, whereas Mario, okay, that makes more sense. I was like, so many lightweights in here. Um, Mario Barrios uh, holds the super lightweight WBA title. Uh, just one super there. And uh, he has a record of 26-0 uh, with 17 KOs. So should be a good it's fight. It's about to be a super lightweight summer. It's going to be super lightweight summer. Um, and I'm yoked for it. I can't wait. I just I'm, ordered I'm a... excited for this fight. Um, it's... It's a big deal when a fighter is able to move up multiple weight classes. And it's difficult for a lot of reasons because uh, when you think about boxing and when you think about these weight classes, a lot of the time people are cutting weight. So somebody like a Mario Barrios is fighting at light welterweight or welterweight, but before the weigh-in, like a week and a half before the weigh-in, they probably, and they're walking around weight, is probably 15 or so pounds heavier than what they could be expected to be weighing in uh, on the night of the weigh-in, whereas Gervonta Davis is going to be going up to that weight, so they could potentially be at a power disadvantage. So something that you look out in for fights like this is A, Will the smaller fighter be able to match the power of the bigger fighter? And B, will they be able to take the heavier hits because they're used to fighting the smaller fighters? We will find out. Um, I'm excited. Of note, 
Mario Barrios is not to be confused with Luigi Buigi's. Thanks. I'm going to confuse this. Uh, Otherwise, in the sports world, uh, the Masters concluded. Uh, last week, we were talking about the first round of the Masters happening while we were recording the podcast. Um, I think there was an uh, Englishman with the last name Rose that was leading the pack at that point. Uh, the Masters has concluded, and uh, instead, we had a Japanese statesman take away the green jacket, and uh, Hideki Matsuyama uh, he won. He won the Masters. I think he had a a final score of minus one. I want to say uh, might have been a plus one. It was a there was a one in there. He um, finished with a final score of plus one. Okay, no, makes more sense. Minus ten. All right, maybe it was that last. Round. I'm looking was, at weird. I was googling columns. the leaderboard. What? I'm looking at weird columns of the scoring here. So I I was just looking in the wrong place. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust what what you ended up with there. Um. Yeah, it looks like minus 10. Is that what you, you came to the conclusion of? Yes. Yeah. So All he right. walks away with a cool $11.5 million prize. Yeah, way, way to go. Way to go. And a, a pretty nifty green jacket. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it's a classy-looking jacket, uh, and I've seen it on Tiger Woods many a times. Um, and I guess uh, Matsuyama becomes the first Japanese male to win a major golfing championship uh as as he takes away the the crown here so props to you i heard some i read some articles that he uh flew back to japan and coach just like didn't care he was like oh whatever i'm just flying back the way i came in you know no big deal uh, uh, if he travels like a normal human being he probably booked the ticket beforehand and is just like well i already paid for this Pro athletes are are not normal human beings. If if I was if I was him and I just won the Masters, I might have gone to that little kiosk, you know, in the airport, and then they give you the option like, hey, you know, like hundred bucks more, bump this up to first class. But all right, bump that up, you know, use some of that tournament prize money. But that's just me. That's just me. I'm not Hideki. You know, he made his own choice. It's a it's a frugal golfer summer. Ah <laughs> uh, man, I just ordered a uh, a new Hawaiian shirt off of amazon um so i you I'm can't get enough of those it's impossible to own my, too many yeah my my white boy summer is going to be coming in hot <laughs> uh you know who else came in hot was anthony newer uh aka the ginger assassin in bowling he became at 18 years old, just 18, uh, 18 year old pro Anthony Newer became the fourth ever bowler to pick up a 710 split on television. Weird stat, but I guess that's real. First time someone's done it since 1991, which is the year that I was born. Um, so anyone under 29 years old never would have had the opportunity to see it on TV. Um, anyone over like under 34 probably wouldn't have remembered it. And, um, Way to go, man. Uh, epic moment. Epic announcement. 7 to 10 split is just a crazy, crazy thing to hit. I don't think I've ever gotten successfully a 7 and 10 split, even in Wii Bowling. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's insane. Yeah. Um, almost as insane is the, uh, the television announcer, uh, just his reaction to it. And I just wanted to play that for our audience here. Just 
You oh bet. Oh my gosh, kid. I love that enthusiasm. Where you just, he got it, Randy. Oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> uh, sadly, uh, newer the Ginger Assassin did not end up winning that game, <laughs> but uh, you know what? No one's gonna he remember did that. Win our hearts. He did. He certainly won the key to my heart. Um, and that's that's our that's our sports news for the week, guys. It, uh, not our longest episode, but sometimes we just need to get the hits out there and uh, just keep you guys with some some regular content. So here we are, getting ready for our respective white boy summers, and uh, we hope you all are too. And uh, before we go, though, uh, we want to give you our white boy summer recommendations, uh, if we have them. TJ, do you have I a recommendation? I am recommending the new Amazon animated series called Invincible, which is based off of a comic by the same name uh, created by Robert Kirkman of The Walking Dead fame. It follows a 17-year-old son of basically whatever this universe's equivalent of Superman is. Uh, He just gains his he just gets his superpowers in the very first episode but there's some crazy twists that it throws at you almost immediately this isn't your average marvel dc superhero animated series i would think more the boys than i would uh batman the animated series or justice league uh it's very gritty it's very gory it's funny it's full of action, and uh, the episodes are being released uh, once per week. I think there are three episodes out right now. Um, and in fact, it's inspired me to uh, try to track down some of these comic books because I want more of this story right now. So, Invincible on Amazon Prime. All right. Heck yeah. I'll check that out. Uh, recommendation I want to throw out is a book that I read a long time ago. Um, in like high school or college uh, called The Tender Bar. And it's a, it's a memoir uh, by this uh, writer who wrote for the New York Times. Uh, his name J.R. Moringer. And very in- influential book for me. Um, and it came out in 2005 when I was in middle school. And it's basically the story of this guy growing up in like Long Island. Uh, didn't really have a dad, uh, just hung out in his uncle's bar. And then his uncle, who's the bartender and like all of his like crony, you know, buddies, they kind of raised him like as pseudo fathers. And, uh, I was just a big fan of the book, but now it is actually getting turned into a movie, um, which has brought it back to my attention and got my hype train reinvigorated that I'm bringing up this old book. It is, uh, going to be directed by George Clooney, uh, which is, yeah, major, and uh, it's going to be released by Amazon Studios at some point in the near hopeful future. So I, I don't have any dates on when that's going to happen, but it's got some big names attached. Aside from Clooney, it's set to star Ben Affleck and Christopher Lloyd in the cast. Uh, so definitely want to keep that on your radars. And, you know, while you are got it on your radar, you know, get prepped by reading the book. Uh, you you can be one of those people where somebody says, have you seen this movie? And then you can say the book was better. Yeah, no, like anytime anyone always like, you know, it's kind of a common question. Like, what are your like influential uh, movies uh, and books and stuff? And I, I was always all right with the movies. I'd be like, oh, yeah, Goodwill Hunting, you know, huge one for me. Books were a little tougher, but I always uh, 
I would throw out the tender bar. No one ever recognized it, but I was like, I don't know. You know, I always love the book. Like there was some like really influential like moments in it where like the kid uh, is just at the beach with his uncle and his buddies and they all like teach him the word fuck and like not just the word fuck, but all the different ways that you can say it and all the different meanings that you can have with it. And I just remember being like, like as a middle schooler or high school, just like, oh my God, just like pouring over that. Um, so I, I was in love with the book. I'm super happy that's getting turned into a movie and one that looks like it could be good. It has a big cast and big names attached to it. So check it out. The Tender Bar. Find it anywhere that you can find books. Um, and that's what I got. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, can't wait to talk to you guys all again in the near future. And until that occurs, have a great start to your white boy summers and keep sweating. It's going to be a sweaty summer, baby. Mm-hmm.